Ephesians chapter 5, and I want to look at verse 15. And um, we're going to get right into it today. I've got about four points I want to give you on this. Look what it says. It says, therefore, be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as what? Wise. Verse 16, making the most of your time because the days are evil. So then do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. I want to talk about this morning living the spirit-filled life, living the spirit-filled life, empowered. Amen? Let us pray together. Father, we thank you so much. God, you're such an awesome and wonderful God, and we love you today. Lord, I ask that you'd forgive me of my sins, cleanse me of all unrighteousness, create in me, Lord, a clean heart and renew a right spirit in me. Stand in my body, think with my mind, speak with my voice. Cancel the schemes and the plans of the enemy. And Lord, I pray for the hearts of your people today. Thank you for gracing us with your presence, Lord. Thank you that burdens were lifted in worship, in worship today. Now, Lord, may our minds and our hearts be transformed by the preaching of your word. We love you. We thank you. We praise you. The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of God will last forever. In Jesus' name, amen. And thank God. Give God a praise, y'all. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of God. Amen. Empowered. Amen. Living the spirit-filled life. Amen. Living. We've been talking about how to live the spirit-filled life. We have already talked about who the Holy Spirit is. We know that he is a person. We know that the salvation ministry of the Holy Spirit is as follows. He regenerates us. He baptizes us. He indwells us. He seals us until the day of redemption. And then he distributes to us spiritual gifts so that we can use it in the body of Christ. Post-salvation, in, but in post-salvation, he empowers us to live a spirit-filled life. I believe that most of the times, many times we struggle with spiritual things because we're not spiritual. There are a lot of people who are in church. They've been in church. They have have praised, they've prayed, they've read, and yet they struggle with being spiritual. I don't know about you, but it took me a while where I struggled with my spirituality. Come on, somebody. Some of you are struggling with your identity and some of us are struggling. Some people struggle with their sexuality and some people struggle with their spirituality also. And so it's real important that we understand how to live a spirit-filled life. I don't know about you, but the enemy is always trying to bring some form of of carnality. Let me tell you the difference. A natural man is an unsaved man. A carnal man is a man who's saved but living in the flesh. And all of us have been a victim. How many have been a victim of carnality? All of us at some point we have fallen away 
from the walk. We're falling away. We're falling away from the spiritual journey. Isn't it sometimes a struggle to read your Bible? It's a struggle to, to amen, to, to pray. You find yourself, when you go to pray, you start drifting off. Your mind starts wandering off somewhere else. You see, there is a battle, the Bible says. The Bible says that we battle not against flesh and blood, but we battle against what? Powers and principalities in high places. When Jesus died, this dispensation that we live in, we live in the dispensation of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, this is the dispensation of grace. And the God has given us now the Holy Spirit to know how to live the Christian life. Now, along with the Holy Spirit sealing us, filling us, and baptizing us, the Holy Spirit also, there are fruits of the Spirit. There is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness. Do you know faithfulness is a fruit? And self-control. And therefore, we have such a powerful being because the Bible calls him him or he, the Holy Spirit. So it is possible as we live this Christian life that we can live an empowered life. Do I have anybody this morning? You know, uh, the question is, how do we live a spirit-filled life? How can we overcome the flesh? How can we live in such a way? Amen. I told you last week in chapter 4, Paul is writing to this Ephesians church and, and he's telling them that they ought to change the way they walk. I told you last week that there are some things that you have to put off. There are some things that you have to strip off of your life. In order for you to experience, amen, an, an empowered life, a spirit-filled life, amen, there's some things you need to put off. Now, Ephesians chapter 4, he says here, and I'm going to go on to where he says in verse 25, if you look at it with me, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 25, he says, therefore, laying aside falsehood. In other words, he says, stop lying. That's really, lying is another thing that you know that, watch this, that keeps you from growing. Amen. If you can't tell the truth in love, then you ought to be quiet. And sometimes we say things, watch this, just to impress people. Do I have somebody? He says, first of all, he says, therefore, laying aside falsehood, speak to each one of you with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Do you see that? Then in verse 26, he says, be angry. Yet do not sin, do not let the sun go down on your anger. I told you last week that what Paul was doing was he was telling the Ephesians church he, the, the, at Ephesus, he was telling them, listen, y'all, y'all got to change. And, and how many of you have been battling with carnality? All of us. There are some days that we want to say things. Come on, somebody. There are some days that we think things. But, but after a while, if you are a Christian, those things should start leaving you. Amen. You and I should not be the same next year. If we have been taught the word of God, if the Holy Spirit has li is living inside of us, we shouldn't be the same. We should be what? Transformed. All right. So he goes on and he says, 
Look at verse 29. He says, not, not only do I want you to look at verse 27. He says, and do not give the devil a what? You see, the Satan is always looking. May I say this to you? Satan wants you and I to live a normal, mediocre, broken down Christian life. But saints, I want to tell you something. You have the mind of Christ. You have the spirit of God living in you. You've been bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body. Amen. I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. So therefore, why am I so defeated? Why am I constantly struggling just to focus on spiritual things? Amen. Because Satan is taking every opportunity that he finds and he uses it to its full potential to destroy our walk with God. Did you not know that? And at the end of the day, what people do is that they blame God rather than take responsibility for their own actions and then watch this and look and see that it was satanic. Are you with me? Watch what he says next. He says, do not what? Do not give the devil an opportunity. And then I told you this last week, verse 28, he said, he who what? Must steal no longer. Now what Paul was dealing with, he was saying, listen, this is what you used to do. Now, here's, here's a, a, good, uh, a good measuring, measuring st- a standard or a measuring tool to see whether or not you are growing. Watch this. You ready for this? The things I used to do. Come on, somebody. Come on. Come on, John. The, thi- the things, you know how people say, boy, if you only knew. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Everybody here got a testimony. Yeah, I'm saying say one more time. Everybody here has a past. The things I used to do. Now, now watch this. How did you get there? You got there through the Holy Spirit. Now, now I don't want us to get super spiritual. I want you to understand that it's the power of the Holy Spirit that has stripped off that cussing from your mouth. That has stripped off that negativity that has empowered you to live a Christian life. Amen. Now watch this. Some of us are not enjoying the journey. Come on, somebody. Now the question is, why aren't you enjoying it? The reason you're not enjoying it because you're not doing it in the spirit. And you must ask the Holy Spirit every single day from the moment you wake up. Lord, forgive me my sins. Lord, forgive me of my sins, number one, right? And number two, Holy Spirit, fill me. We need the filling. That word fill is plareo in the Greek. And the word is a temporary filling. So therefore, we are times when we will be filled and there's times when we'll be low. When you find yourself being agitated, aggravated, and angry, come on somebody, and, and, and listen, and then you go to sleep with your back turned towards each, oh, I wish I had somebody, you ever been there, husband and wife, you been there, you turn one way, the other one, you, you, you didn't start off that way, amen, <laughs> amen, he said, he said, don't let the sun go down on your anger, 
Let me tell you why you don't want the sun to go down in your anger. Because anger is like coals. You ever seen red hot coals? It doesn't flame up. It just sits there. It's red hot. It's almost gray. But, but watch this. But if you fan it, oh, I wish I had somebody. I wish I had somebody. It will flame up. And that's primarily what happens to most believers. They're carrying around stuff in their hearts. And they don't know how to release it because they have allowed every day that they got angry. Every single day, they've allowed one thing to stack on the other thing. And the other thing is stacking on the other thing. And then all of a sudden, you in blow-up mode. Listen, your buttons are so sensitive that if you say boo, you're going to blow up. Anybody been there? Am I talking to myself? Y'all with me? Amen. Anybody been there? Amen. You, and then you're saying, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with you is that you have allowed the devil... Come on, somebody. And you have given them an opportunity rather than dealing with the issue right away. Watch this. And putting it to rest, you've allowed it to rest inside of you. So, therefore, the Holy Spirit now is grieved. Remember what I said last week about the whole, grieving the Holy Spirit, right? Watch this. When you grieve the Holy Spirit, it means that you're doing the opposite of what he wants you to do. So the Holy Spirit will say stuff like this. Go go pray together. No, nah, I ain't doing that. Amen. Call, call him. No, nah, I ain't calling him. Shoot. He, I'm going to wait till he call me. And when he call me then, and then I'm going to be mad. <laughs> You've already plotted out in your mind. The Holy Spirit's saying, hey, shoot, hey, end it. Because if you give the devil an opportunity, he's going to take it. So watch what Paul goes on to say to them. Verse 30. Look what it says in verse 30. Verse 30 of chapter 4. He says what? Do not. Hello, somebody. The who? The Holy Spirit. Now notice what it says. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Saints, can I, can I tell you something? You are empowered. You have something. I'm stressing this. You have someone greater inside of you. Why are we not experiencing it? See, that's what I ask myself all the time. Because the Bible tells me this. It says, you have the mind of Christ. Now, if I have the mind of Christ, who knows the mind of a man but the spirit of a man? And we have what? The Holy Spirit living on the inside of us. So therefore, watch this. Whatever God wants to communicate to me, he will do it through the Spirit. And sometimes what we're doing is we're grieving him because we won't cooperate with him. Do I have anybody? And, and we find ourselves defeated because he says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit, of, Holy Spirit of God. Watch this now. By whom you were what? Sealed for the what? For the day of what? Redemption. Now let me share something to you about this sealing. 
the feeling is temporary. The ceiling right there. Notice what he says. See, a lot of people, there are a lot of people teaching this doctrine. You can lose the Holy Spirit. You can never lose the Holy Spirit. Ever. Even if you happen to fall, you'll never lose him. As a matter of fact, that's what you need when you fall to convince you it's time to get back up. So he says, you've been sealed until what day? Until the day of what? Redemption. So therefore, it means that before, watch this, if you happen to live and Jesus comes back, come on somebody, the Holy Spirit is going to be in you. If you happen to live this Christian life, amen, and you close your eyes one day, you and I will have the Holy Spirit in us until the day we leave this earth. So you are never without hope. And oftentimes we are searching. Listen, we want to put on a good song. What we want to do is we want to emotionalize ourselves rather than picking up the book and saying, God, speak to me. I'm tripping. Amen. Try listening to a sermon over a song. I bet you're going to get more out of the sermon than you do the song. But it's after you listen to the sermon that you can go to the song to celebrate. To celebrate that God has given you revelation so that you can, watch this, have transformation. Do I have anybody? So he goes on to say in verse five, chapter 5, verse 1, he says, so because I said all of this, y'all, he says, therefore, now watch this. Now, here's the question I have. I'm sorry I'm here, but I am. I'm here. He says, therefore, therefore, therefore what? Therefore, you've stripped off lying. Therefore, you stop grieving the Holy Spirit. Therefore, amen, amen. You're not letting your anger get the better of you. Amen. Therefore, you're not paranoid. Amen. Amen. Therefore, you have no bitterness. Therefore, you're not tripping. He says, therefore, now, now when all that, now all that, listen, you can't strip that stuff off you. That's why you have the Holy Spirit. So then he says, therefore, be what? Can I ask you something? Who's your idol? Oh, let me just ask you this. Who are you imitating right now? If I were to ask you in your everyday life, what do, who do you look like? What would you tell me? Oh, I look like me. That's the problem. Problem is you've been looking like you a long time. And guess what? You need something bigger than you. You need something better than you. Amen. That's why we have role models, right? Jesus, God said in his word, be what? Imitators of what? Of God. As what? You know what? Children look like their, like their parents. Isn't that right? Children, you can say whatever you want to say. You, you may say, I'm, I'm not like my dad. You just like your dad. 
<laughs> Amen. I don't know who my daddy is. That's what the problem is. Because you, you're trying to find identity. But he says, be imitators of who? Of God. Now, how can I imitate God? How do you imitate God? The only way I can imitate God is if I got to know him. Not only do I have to know him, but I have the spirit of God that lives inside of me that can help me, watch this, to know what, how to live and how to act. So I'm going to give you these four things. I'm going to sit down. Watch what he says. Watch what he says. He says, amen. In verse, look at verse, verse 15, because I got to go on. Yes. Look what he says here. He says, therefore, uh-oh, uh-oh, look at verse 6, verse 6 of chapter 5. He says, let no one, what, deceive you with empty words. For because of these things, the wrath of God has come upon the, what, the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not be partakers with them, for you were formerly, what, darkness. But now, come on, somebody, highlight that, underline that, do something with it. He says, you are, what, light. Saints, if you are light, then when you walk in the room, it should illuminate. And oftentimes, we struggle in this journey because we're not walking like Christians. We are light. Look what he says. He says, you are light. He says, listen, he says, walk as children of light. For the fruit of light consists in all good goodness and righteousness and truth. Trying to learn, come on somebody, what is what? See, if you're living a spirit-filled life, you will live to please God. If you are living a spirit-filled life, you will be an imitator of God. You may want to write those two things down. Not only will you be not only are you light, but you're living to please someone bigger than you. And how can I please God? I can please God if I walk in the Spirit, if I live in the Spirit, if I'm filled with the Spirit. And what we must do as believers is to imitate Him, be partakers of the Word of God. So look what he goes on to say in verse 15. He says, Therefore then, because of all that he said before, he says, therefore, be careful how you walk. You see, you have to protect yourself, saints. So my first point today is, you ready for this? First point. I don't have the points on the screen, so you don't have to write it down now. You must take your spiritual walk seriously. That's my first point this morning. You must take your spiritual walk Seriously. May I say this to you? If you're not careful, Satan will knock you off. If you're not careful, he will convince you that, oh man, you don't need to go to church. You don't need all of this stuff. Let, let me tell you what this word careful means. The word carries the idea of vision. That's what it means. It, it, it applies to mental vision. So what he's saying is that you have to be careful because if you're not careful, you will lose vision for your life. 
So if you don't take your spiritual walk more seriously, he said, he said, you should walk in such a way, watch this, that you're careful how you walk. Watch this. Be careful who you hang around. Be, be careful what you read. Be careful of putting too much junk in your spirit. <laughs> He says, therefore, be careful how you walk. Now, watch what he says next. Not as unwise men, but as what? Wise. How do you get wisdom? You ask God. But here's the other thing you got to do. You ready? If you're going to live a spirit-filled life, here's the other thing you got to do. You must have a desire to study the word of God. You must have a desire to study the word of God. How does an unwise man become wise? Well, well, thank you. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Listen to this. We spent years going to college to study medicine, physics, chemistry, business management, engineering, and history. We invest time, money to sit at the feet of those we consider to be learned. We buy their books attend their lectures, apply our minds to master what they have said, but we neglect our Bibles. And we end up still being fools in the end. We have money, but we have no spirituality. See? So if you're gonna if you're gonna if you're gonna live a spirit filled life, John, you must have a desire for the word of God. He says, as, as, the, as, as a deer panted, amen. He, said, he says, the word, he says, he says that the word is living. And, and it's what? It's active. It's, it's sharper than any two-edged sword. It's piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit of both joints and marrow and able to judge the thoughts and the intentions of my heart. So in other words, the word is not just good for the, for the non-material part of me. It's good for the physical part of me and it's good for the psychological part of me. So in other words, the word can fix me, but listen, I can start making better decisions because I'm reading the word, I'm understanding the word, I'm seeking the word, and I'm becoming wiser. He says, do not live as an unwise person. You know what a fool says? A fool says in his heart, there's no God. And a fool also lives like there's no God all the while fighting the reality that he knows that there is a God. Come on, somebody. Are you with me? He says, not not be unwise, as wise men, but as wise. Look at the next thing. He says, making the most of your time. Now, I've got something right here. I'm going to say this right here. I'm going to say this right now. Y'all need to stop binging on Netflix and Amazon Prime and Cody and all these other things that we watch. Satan will distract us with entertainment, y'all. Watch this. You leave church on Sunday, right? You get a word. I'm I'm, going to close. I'm going to sit down. You get a word, right? But Monday through Saturday... 
you ain't doing nothing spiritual. You watching Scandal? You watching Empire? Amen. Help me, Lord. All you watching is sin magnified and organized in a screenplay. That's all you're doing. That's all you're doing. You're sitting back because the plot is so juicy. I don't think you hear me. He says, you spend all your time on carnal things. You miss Bible study? So, so watch this. So, so, so you go Monday through, Monday through Saturday, right? You, you happen to miss Bible study, right? Then what, what, what are you eating? For the rest of the week, what are you what are you feeding on spiritually? You, and 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 watch this. You're not doing any devotions. So he says, what you're really doing is wasting your time. He says this word making the most of your time. It means you have to take the opportunities to grab those times that you can spend with God. Reading your word. Listening. Now, I'm not saying, you know what I told someone the other day? I said, listen, this is what you got to do. You got to get on a schedule. And then you got to say, okay, you know what? All right, maybe once a week I'm going to watch four episodes. But when you're sitting there every night till 3 in the morning, till 1 in the morning, knowing you got to be at work at 8 o'clock, y'all quiet, boy, y'all. Ouch, amen, or thank you are the responses that we should have. Okay, and when you are consuming so much of the world because you're not budgeting your time, can I ask you something? How can you become spiritual? And then you say, well, I done worked all week, I done worked all day, so now I'm tired. It don't cost you nothing to press play and listen to the podcast. It don't cost you anything, amen, to invest in your spiritual life. But what happens to most people, this is why Paul was telling them, listen, make the most of your time. Watch this, watch this. Because he says, because the days are what? Now, let me tell you what that word evil means. The word evil here is translated as phroneos in the Greek. The word phroneos is where we get our English word pornographic. I'm saying one more time. Let me see. Let me see if I can make that. See, I make that a little bit more plainer for you. We live in a pornographic society. When you look at a TV ads. All, all you see is provocative. All you see is, watch this, soft porn. That's all you're seeing. And so what he's saying is, the reason why you ought to make the most of your time is because society, watch this, is painting a graphic picture for you to occupy your time because by nature we're drawn to scandal. We're drawn to empire with all of this homosexual stuff and all of this pornography and all this other stuff. And what's happening, saints, we are spending less time with God. 
And oftentimes we're captivated by it. Young kids are getting caught up. Amen. The, the cell phone, you, you, all you got to do is type sex. That's it. And, and nowadays you don't even have to type sex. All you got to do is sit on and watch the commercials. I want me and my wife was watching a commercial when um, at the hospital. I said, look at this. I mean, it was a car commercial. See, and the picture that they're painting is that, amen, you get the car, you get the girl. But that ain't how it works. See, it's not reality. And so what he says in the text, so here's my, here's my next point. You ready for this? Is you must make, make time for spiritual things. Write this down. Make time for spiritual things. I got caught up. The next thing you got to do, you ready? We must protect our minds. If you're going to be spiritual, you got to protect your mind. And look what he says in verse 17. You see, we could avoid many of the traps that Satan puts before us with his pornography by using our spare time wisely. Just because you ain't got nothing to do doesn't mean you just veg out. See what I'm saying? Clean your house. Put some, put some gospel on. Move it from 97.9 D-Box. <laughs> Amen. Take it off of 102.1. You understand what I'm saying? Put some spiritual. Listen, how can we truly say we're spiritual if we don't put nothing spiritual in? Now watch this. Watch this. He says, verse 17, I'm closing. So then do not be what? Let me say this. You know why people struggle to come to church today? Because they spend all week long with the intake of all this pornography, all of this worldly stuff. And I'm, I, you know what I'm talking about. The word is phroneo, okay? So, so watch this. They, they fill their minds with all this stuff. And by the time Sunday comes, they're not even motivated to do anything spiritual. Want to know why you're defeated spiritually? Because of what you've been putting in. Right? Exactly. And it comes and it uh, agitates your spirit. Okay, and it causes you to be depressed. It causes you to feel like you have no hope because your eye gate has been consuming so much in your air gate that the Holy Spirit now is grieved. And watch this, you can't fight. See? So you got to change up some things in your house. You got to get rid of some stuff. Amen. Well, watch this. He says, so then, like a therefore, do not be what? This is, if you want to live an empowered life, just as much as God wants to give it to you, my last point, we must desire spiritual understanding so we can live according to God's will. We must desire spiritual understanding 
so we can live in the will of God or according to his will. He says, do not be what? Now, it's a command that he gives. Do not be what? Foolish. But understand, can I ask you something? If I were to ask you right now, what is God's will for you right now? I'm not talking about general. I'm talking about specific to you. Do you know it? What's his will for you right now? Have you spent time exploring it? Asking him? You know why I know that that church, I'm supposed to be there? Because I've explored his will. Everything I've asked for, I spend time with him, y'all. And you got to spend more time with him. We are not going to be spiritual people if we're constantly putting in the secular things. We're wrapped up in the world. We're watching television. We're listening. I mean, and it's just, it's coming in. It's coming in. Oh, I'm going to sit down and watch a good movie. Listen, I'm not saying you can't watch movies. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying you got to make the most of your time. You have to be a wise steward. Know when to shut it off. Listen to this. The Greek word for dull has to do with slowness of perception or moral lackness. Is a word used as, an, as the epitome for a mule. Now, mules aren't the greatest thinkers. Mules are not your most intelligent animals. They are kind of the dummy of the horse line. Amen. They're basically only good for one thing, carrying loads of others on their backs. You don't really ride them. You don't really need to exercise with them. You just kind of use them, amen, as labor for work because they are dull. Christians can be mule-minded. Christians can regress to the point where they are of little value Amen. To the things of God. Not because God made them that way, but because they have become that way. Are you with me? They have become dull of hearing. When we become dull of hearing, amen, we become insensitive to the things of God and we start living in carnality. As I close today, God wants you and I to have this empowered life. He wants us to walk in the spirit, live in the spirit, and achieve greater things. May I ask you to do something right now? May I ask you to evaluate your life and ask yourself this question. How much are you putting in spiritually? And if you're here today and you can look at yourself and say, Pastor, you know what? I haven't been putting in much spiritually. I haven't been making the most of my time. I haven't, I haven't really been desiring to understand what God's will is. Today, I want to pray for you. 
Today, I want to offer you the opportunity to come, and we will pray for you.